He's it always gets taken care of. Always gets taken care of one way or the other. I mean, eventually, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, dude, how many are people still bitching about the Burt workout yesterday? Uh, there were some bitching yesterday still. Yeah. Um, the to Butler be honest, show. I heard more bitching from uh, Monday than Burt. Really? Yeah. A lot of people are still sore for. Or they say they're sore for Monday, not Tuesday. What was the Monday's workout again? Uh, I can't remember now. I want to say they were saying something about, um, God dang it, I forgot. Um, we well, had the back squats. That's what they were bitching about. The back squats and the isometric blood holes? Yeah, they were talking about their legs and their front rec holes and how yeah. bad the front rec holes were. And, but what was the workout? Now I can't even think off the top of my head. Monday's workout. That was a fun workout, I thought. Um, it was a pretty cool workout. But it was like a little shorter one, I, I want to say. Let me look. Let me pull her on up. I can't even remember what it is now. I'm all, like, programming-wise, we're about two, three weeks ahead. Of where we are Let's currently, see. but I can't even remember. Let's go to Monday, and let's see. All right, so they did. Oh yeah, that was a chipper, right? The, oh, the wall facing, box yeah. Overs, ring muscle up, box yeah. Over, well, Heidi rushed us into that one. What do you mean? Well, I don't know. Randomly, we're working at eight, right? And so we get down with the strength piece. And like Heidi kind of walks up to the whiteboard and she's like, "Are right, you guys ready? Ten seconds." I'm like, "What? <laughs> All right, well, I guess we're just gonna jump right into it." So I'll go upside down and do like my first five handstand pushups. I'm like, "These this feel is not okay for me." And so that one just kind of yeah. They're talking through. about their shoulders being really sore. Yeah, um, I'd be interested to see how tomorrow plays out with that with that D ball carry. Is that the thruster pull up? Yeah, in the bike. Yeah. yeah, I feel like all that's a really bad combination. Yeah. I I think I've started to notice. D-ball carry with a bike is not a good combination. Have you done that before? You personally? Uh, I mean, I've done it a couple times, but like your hamstrings, like you don't notice how much you're using your hamstrings on like a carry like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then you get on the bike and you don't have any hamstrings to push down with the pedal. So many guys are going to be fighting for that 150 ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a big difference. Um, man. It makes it almost like say like you grab that ball, it's not RX anymore. The, the D-ball? Yeah. Yeah. Just because uh, it's... Because the way with that band allows you to get such a better grip and it feels so much more comfortable to hold. It does. I mean, you can grab the Bicket RX one and like literally like it feels almost like, like yes. touch your elbows. It feels <laughs> like a dramatic difference in holding that ball. Like holding that, the was it the point one the vision point ball one, yeah. or like the rogue ball, I feel like I can barely, can barely get my fingers interlaced together. Yeah. But that Get RX one with that band, I can literally grab my wrist with the 150. I always found that, like, and that's a humongous difference. With the road bags, you're more than likely like grabbing like your like yes. your knuckle on your hand. Like 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 if you get two fingers, like that's like that's pretty much like is all you got. Um, but like on the guitar ones, you can almost literally grab like on top of your wrist. I'm interested to see what the D ball is going to do for the pull ups as well. Yeah, I don't think people realize that also. Like because probably like when you're. When you're gripping that ball, like you're squeezing your bicep so hard to pull that ball into. My biceps just get sore. I don't know if y'all get sore, but mine would get sore. I don't usually get sore, but like I can feel fatigue start to settle yeah. in while I'm doing like in my bicep from like squeezing the bag in towards my torso. And I'd be interested to see how that's going to affect the pull-ups the as well. Pull-up. Speaking of sandbags, did you see what uh, the five-star nutrition or whatever it did? No? You didn't see what they put? Um, so they made like a, a challenge, I think, for this, this whole week. So it was like okay. Monday to Friday, um, and they like tagged all the gyms and like Charles in it, and okay. they pretty much made a video saying like, uh, who can hold a sandbag the longest, essentially. So you like they walk, put the weight. Yeah. So like 
they think the way you walk in the store, you pretty much hold the sandbag for as long as you can do it. And I think like they said, the winner gets like protein and like a free workout or something. Okay. And I, I was, do you know where the record stands? I don't right? know what the record is. I haven't gone back and looked since I saw it like last week sometime. Um, but I was curious to know what would be the longest time. Oh, did they say what the weight was? Uh, no, they did not. Because I mean, it's a humongous I think factor. it's just one bag. So, like, I think girls, guys, all everybody's just... Well, I mean, it's like a 100-pound bag. I feel like I could hold a 100-pound bag a really long time. Long time, probably. Like, boringly um, long. Probably, I mean, I bet you hold a 100-pound bag for... I'm going to go ahead and say, like, 10-plus minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes. Then you can hold, like, that girl head up for, like, 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> that girl's different. That girl's... Anybody don't know what, don't know what we're talking about, there was a girl... They did like a rope challenge, and this girl held a 150-pound bag. So like guys RX bag for yeah. 19, almost 20 minutes. I couldn't do that. Um, that's enough. oh my god, that's that's super impressive. Because I mean, you did the 200-pound hold. And you I did it for two and a half minutes, but two and a half somewhere around there. Um, and like that was. But what was the winning time for the guys? Like nine minutes? It's like eight, eight minutes. I want to say. Which is still eights. impressive with the two and a half. But minutes. the discrepancy between the girls and the guys on that big difference. difference. Big, big, big difference. difference. Uh, but also, there's a big difference on the, I don't know if y'all kept up with, uh, was it the hold on the bar? Oh, the hang? Yeah, the hang. A guy just demolished everybody on that one. It was like 20 minutes on, yeah, on the like hang? Yeah, like 20-something minutes or something. Wasn't, was the girl maybe like 10? I think so, yeah. Okay. It's weird how you have these certain tests that favor a certain gender more than the other. Mm-hmm. You know, like, obviously you have workouts where, you know, pretty similar times, you know, or pretty similar, like, in the way of a percentage of weight lifted relative to the same but you can have like certain movements where you'll just have I think the most impressive test was from one of the girls when they did the 50 cal bike what'd she get uh like I think it was like high ones high ones that I think that's impressive that's super impressive like almost too much or like one I think it was like in like the 150s okay that's still impressive that's still impressive though you gotta be booking I mean, it, you had to hold, I mean, it's over 25 calories a minute. calories a minute. I mean, that would uh, still be tough for me to do. I think that's tough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the guy did it in like 20 some seconds, but like. I mean, yeah, so, that's ridiculous. That is, that, I mean, I could see that big dude doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the girl, I thought that was kind of impressive. That is impressive. Um, I would say like the only, move, like, we have like certain movements, I think, like obviously the guys when it comes to like ring muscle-ups mm-hmm. or like bar muscle-ups are usually a discrepancy where the guy's up. And that's why we normally give the most less numbers. Down. But like the biggest we'll see like in like box step ups. Yes. Do the girls, girls demolish dominate. the guys? Girls dominate. Doesn't matter what else is in the workout. Girls dominate. The box step ups every single time. Um, it's <laughs> and I don't know if it really has to do with I don't know like. And I'd be more inclined to say it was it's due to the box height. I don't if, know. Like, but the thing is like with you like box jumps or box jump overs, there's maybe a slight discrepancy where you can maybe have like a girl and a guy who are like pretty good box jump over people who there might be a little bit of like a cycle speed difference and mm-hmm. the box jumper for the girl the guy like slightly because the height of the box like going yeah. up four inches and down extra four inches does add up but on a box step up it's a like me and Lacey could do step up side by side let's say we're doing 40 and I'm going as fast as I can I guarantee I'm still going to have at least a minimum of five more reps before she, before she gets finishes. off yeah. yeah for a box step up I mean you're talking that's like 15-20 seconds yeah and I don't know what it is either because like even like some of like the smaller girls are really good at the step ups. Mm-hmm. Um, like like I know for instance like Mary Alice will RX like every step up workout and like going broken like yeah. like killer body. It like, makes you wonder because you know how they always talk about like the center of gravity, like where your center of mass yeah. is for the guys compared to the girls. I wonder if that matters at all when it comes to like the actual. I'm sure it does. I'm sure I'm sure it plays a role. I don't know how much of a role. Yeah. But I'm sure it does. 
like where your center mass kind of plays in. Plays in and helps you out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still always on guys. We should lower that. Were you ever on the? <laughs> were you there on the floor when uh, we were trying to do that V sit hold? The what? The V sit hold. What is that? So like a V up. Okay. But you have to hold. So essentially, what we're doing is hands by your ears into a V up position, and you have to make contact your elbows and your knees, and you got to hold that for as long as you can. Okay. Does that make sense? I think so. So you're up on your butt in a V up position, elbows on elbows, knees. It's kind of knee to elbow. Yeah, but you got but keep your legs straight. Hollow, right? But you're like no, you're in a hollow. Butt. Legs are straight. Okay. Oh, Not bent knee. Okay. 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 Gotcha. Leg straight. Yep. You're in the top of V up position, so leg straight, torso straight, but you're trying to make contact between your elbow and your knee, and you're holding that contact together. Like, that'd be really hard. Dude, the guys, like me, Steven, Jacob, like... Did make it like 20 seconds? No, it was like five seconds really? at best. But the thing was, we couldn't hold our center of balance. It was more so like you would tip over. Oh. It wasn't fact like you couldn't hold it. It was like you would hold it, but you would tip over one way direction or the other. But the girls could sit there and just hold it. Really? That's kind of neat. So I think it has to do with a little bit of center mass there. Because I literally couldn't, like, it wasn't more so as, like, I, I could make the contact, but I literally couldn't find the balance to hold myself. Like, hold it? Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think that would make sense. kind of like the chair thing, right? With the chair? Yeah, that one that, like, put your head against yeah. the wall. <clears throat> that makes yeah. the same sense. Or so, same, same deal, but. But anyways, that's, uh, man, I had a hard time coming up with a topic today. Today? Yeah, um. Uh, I had kind of thought of one, and I was like, yeah, this is a terrible idea. And so I didn't even think about it. Uh, you didn't even throw it out there as an no, idea. Because you didn't even you give me any ideas. No, it's, it's, it's horrendous. So. Well, usually, at least the podcast-wise, we usually, the day before, at least try to come up with some idea we're going to talk about, about and then maybe come up with like, a game plan of kind of actual steps to talk about Did you the watch podcast. the new CrossFit Games documentary? No. No? Uh, it's actually pretty good. You watched the whole thing? Yeah. It was uh, like an hour, hour and a half? It's about an hour and a half. Uh, City is it from those past year games? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, I thought it was really good. Um, it kind of like, I felt like you get more of like the, it's more of like the athletes talking. Okay. Um, so you get to, you get to see that a little bit. You get to see like the, like did anybody the win you over more and they're like, Oh no, I like that person more. Um, or is that what you expected? No, I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I have my people already and like, okay. I feel like I like my people. Um, the one person I, I wish they would have like done more on was like Emma Lawson. Um, I feel like they mm-hmm. never really talked about her too much or like went into detail about her. Um, Who are the main people they talk to? They talk to Mal a lot. Um, you get to see Mal a lot. You get to see your Tia's. You get to see your Ricky's. Ricky was in there a lot. Um, you get to see like your. Do you think he's a douche? In there a lot. Do you think Ricky's a douche? Um, I, I man, I, I haven't seen enough of him to really give a gauge. I can't, I can't say things. yes or no. Um, but I know when I was watching the games last year, I really did like that he was winning. <laughs> Kaylee was so um, mad about yeah, it. Yeah, I really didn't like that he was winning. She's like, I, I literally will quit watching the cross games if he wins. And they made a good point in the documentary. Like, one of the guys that were talking about him, they were pretty much saying, like, people are okay to have him back at the games. And, like, that's okay. But I don't think he was pretty much saying, like, people aren't ready for him to win the games. Not that quickly. Uh, no, like, people are ready for him to be back. And, like, they're okay with him being back. But, like, as soon as he starts to win, it's like, all right, mm-hmm. we don't want you to win at all. Um, but I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty neat. They uh, they show much that Justin Kotler guy, that guy that's like Ricky's coach and stuff. Yeah, they show a lot of him. Because um, he's a little rougher on the I edges. I don't think so. Uh, I know, like the previous one, they showed a lot of him. Mm. Um, but I think this time they just kind of stuck to like the athletes. Really. Okay. Um, they didn't really get too too much in like the coaches' side of stuff. I they know have, the they have Adrian like, Bosman coaches. on there a lot. Huh? They have Adrian Bosman on there a lot. Uh, he was on there a couple times, mm. um, but you got to see like probably a little bit more of like. 
I would like to see you see Rory a little bit. Um, you don't really see Adrian too, too much. Okay. Adrian's in there, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> I saw they posted a picture the other day. It was him and Dave Castro, like, at Rogue HQ. Looking like they were, like, reviewing over workouts oh, and really? stuff. I wonder how that's going to go. I don't know which hand he's going to have in the whole programming aspect. Because I, I wonder if they're going to be, like, friendly-friendly, like, okay, we can, like, kind of mesh ideas off of each other. Well, did you listen to that Rich Froning podcast? I uh, know, no. The one they're talking about. Dave Castro being back and whatnot. Uh-huh. And so they were kind of talking about it. And so when he just got hired on what, last month in June. Yeah. And so the question was, you know, are, you know, are the workouts already set in place and they're going to completely revamp the workouts now or like there's still a lot of room for error. And he's like, well, you're like, I, so Rich Fonning would test workouts mm-hmm. for individual athletes when he was on the team. Um, and he said, even as, latest late july he was still testing workouts oh, really? so they are still fine tuning and like getting workout structure test individual workouts even though because he, games. well because he was doing team not individual oh that's a little it, it's oh. a little it's a little gray oh. now he would now it didn't say he didn't say like hey this is a again he dave cash would just text him like hey try this workout out let me know how it goes like he would go and like do the workout now he would know exclusively that is a game's workout but then after the games was set or then the guy He's like, oh, it's a workout I did. Oh, right? that's, that's kind of sketchy to me. Which, especially if you're coaching athletes, you can be like, hey, I did this workout. This is how it felt. Yeah. That's a big advantage. That's a big advantage. But and also, like, these workouts, I mean, they're definitely different from the individual to team workouts. But, like, they have, like, the same vibes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have, like, similar like, movements. Same, like, the stimulus is the yes. same. It's just a team and individual. Now, I'm sure there are certain things where, like, for instance, like, you know, the always Rogue always comes out with like, a new apparatus. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, they made this for the CrossFit like Games. That might be like everybody's like that's probably already set in stone. Like, hey, we've made this piece to, you know, let's say they're going to do like oh, the so telephone that, pole. Oh, that like years, like at least yeah. a year. Yeah. Well, let's say it's even something simple as like the telephone pole bar muscle yeah. thing that they did, like at the Rogue Invitational. Like they've already used that as like something they're going to bring to the games. They've already had the equipment set up for all that stuff. Because I'm sure they're already packaging and, and sure. shipping things off as they go. Um, but I wonder, you know, how many workouts that Dave has came in like, nope, we're not doing this. Nope, we're not doing this. I mean, I imagine a lot. Because <laughs> the way, like, Rich Fawning felt like he... Maybe like, not a lot, eight, but I would say at least half. Because Rich Fawning said he felt like Adrian Bosman was like, basically everything Dave Castro wouldn't let me do, I'm going to do this I'm year. Do. Which, which happened last did. year. Like, yeah. I feel like he very much so did last year. Yeah. Um, but also, I hope he doesn't get rid of everything. Like, I, I'm not like... Well, hopefully they can marry the two together. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I think Bosman was like too aggressively towards like gymnastic side like too much like getting too crazy and too wild with it and then you kind of see like Dave Castro's side of like alright this is like you're just going to work your ass yeah. off for like there's going to be one yeah. or two events that you're going to be working for an hour plus and like you're just going to have to grind through it yeah. right um, and I hope they can like somehow get that to marry together well that's kind of like what because they're too the, gen- totally the, the general consensus was like Dave Castro was very much like work capacity based mm-hmm. so um, basically it w- wasn't necessarily you're going to have any limiters on like you might have some separators where you might have like 30 ring muscle ups in the middle of a workout mm-hmm. where you may saw that as a little bit of a separator or there might be like a heavyish barbell as a little bit of a separator but a lot of it came down to how well you could do work capacity and a lot of Adrian Bosman's things is like higher skills a very much a bottleneck approach to the workout where once you get to this certain section of the workout that this is where everybody's going to basically hit the brakes and it's who can get out of this particular section of the workout the best 
even though they don't necessarily have the best engine per se, is more so do you have a certain skill, the volume of the skill to get through the workout at an appropriate time. And hopefully they can kind of find that balance of like, hey, we still need to involve work capacity in it, but we can still involve some of these other higher level gymnastics pieces. But I don't want this to be like the ultimate, the one, that's the one thing that mattered in the whole workout, yeah. right? Where you just happen to have the skill, you could beat everybody. You know, one thing I, I, I've like thoroughly enjoyed watching was the parallel bar. The oh, okay, that was bar, simple, yeah. That's something that I wish that they would bring back because that's old school. That's yeah. Like, that, we used to do that in PE in like mm-hmm. fifth, sixth grade. So, so like, apparently it's like, yeah, like old, there's even old school like CrossFit where they would do this thing where they would do like five dips, walk down, five dips, walk back, four dips, walk, four, three, three, that's two. Cool. And they would see like how who could do it unbroken. <laughs> and I think it's like, it's like a small handful of people. Because I mean, you think how much time or attention that you're but doing that. I mean, but you're in attention the whole time. It's probably like a two minute dip thing, basically. Essentially uh, what it is. But I thought that was like one of the coolest things. To, because, just because it like brought me back to like elementary mm-hmm. school. And then like, like, oh, but dude, we used to do that like all recess, you know? Well, I think uh, there's certain movements that kind of, I don't know. Like there's certain things that shouldn't be done for time. Like I'm not a big fan, big component of the... Like the freestanding handstand push-up. Push-up, yeah. Or like, I think I think it'd be fine. Well, yeah, I didn't like that. I think that looked really stupid in the moment. Um, I think it's okay to have, like they did this one year in the 2011 games where they did like three or four events that weren't weighted as high. They were like I said, 100 points events. They were like 50 points events. Mm-hmm. And they were like skill pieces, right? So they had to do like a warrant max weighted chest of bar pull-up. And they did like a, like a softball throw yeah. and like a broad jump. Is that the year um, they did the GHD throw or was that a different year? Um, I think that was 2012. They did like a max – like I think it was like, like – they had like, like, they had like, they had like one throw. minute to like do as many med ball GHD throws. It had like 10 balls and like you had certain zones. Like you threw it like in this, the, mm-hmm. the third zone where That's you get more points, whatever. But um, I think the skill thing can be fun to see. Like let's say you did like freestanding handstand push-ups – but it was just a skill piece. Like you had like a small box you had to be in and it was like as many as you can accumulate in 60 seconds or unbroken or that. And it's like a small, and then from there you take like a 60 second break and you move right into like a, a conditioning piece. Yeah. Something like that. But uh, I think those are f- cool to have, but I don't think they should be, like some things just shouldn't be thrown in a condition piece just because of the fact like. It's a cool. Like it's, a cool it's, 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 it's almost like a circus trick, yeah. right? And so I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of like, Especially like that particular movie because I think it just looks wonky in a, in a high intensity setting. It just kind of looks weird. Do you think it brings crisscross double unders back? I would have to say you so. Think so? Yeah. I you think, think just. Keeps that one? I think it's kind of like the pegboard from like, was that 2013, 2014? The pegboard. Sydney's very much wanting a pegboard, right? A pegboard? Yeah. <laughs> where like the first year they introduced it, especially the girls struggled with the struggle with the pegboard, where I think only like a couple girls actually made it up there. And then the next year they introduced it and then everybody got up with no problem. And I think you're going to see the same thing now. We see even the games athletes posting now them doing crisscross step blunders like it's yeah. no big deal. And uh, so I would have to con- I would have to think that they're going to throw this back yeah, out there yeah. as a, an expected thing. I keep – dude, I feel like they've been throwing around triple unders as a thing for well, like five, like ten years. They've only done that like once or twice. Oh, they've never thrown triple unders yeah. in that games or even regionals. I thought they had done it once, but I could be. No, I don't think I've ever programmed any of that trip really? I keep waiting for them to throw it out but there. But remember when they, like, they mentioned all that? Like, that blew up. Like, triple everybody unders? was doing triple unders. Yeah. Like, like, it was like the thing in CrossFit for, like, probably three like, months. Yeah. Probably or so. Because um, I remember we even did a workout with triple mm-hmm. unders. Um, but, I don't 
I don't know. I would rather see triple unders than crisscross. I feel like triple unders would be hard to come by. For sure. For sure. You know? um, but I, I don't know. I feel like I would rather watch a triple under, like, whatever workout than, like, a crisscross double under workout. Yeah. So... I don't know if we're going to make this it's a whole CrossFit game, Games podcast. Here. We're literally 20 minutes into this podcast <laughs> talking about CrossFit Games. games. Uh, well, I had, I had two topics online. I'm going to let you choose, even though I have no notes prepared for this. Okay. Is one being, which we had listened to a podcast about this before a couple of weeks ago, which I thought would still be a good podcast here, would be like, what's your limiter in a workout as an endurance base or like muscle localized endurance okay. being the limiter? Or B, you can't improve what you don't measure. You can't improve what, what you, you don't, don't measure. measure. That could get interesting. That so, interesting. one would be a little bit more, obviously, I probably, I think the, the former, probably the, the endurance side people, I think would probably like more to the student. We can pick one, we'll just pick one of the two podcasts talk about they will do the next one. Do, the do next the next one. one. Okay. I'll let you choose which um, one we're going to talk about though. Let's do the second one. So you can't prove what you don't measure? Yeah. Okay. Let's do that one. So something, something that kind of popped in my mind, I don't know if it happened last night or this morning, I was thinking about it, where, have you ever heard that saying before? I think so. Okay, which I think some people have probably heard that, you can't improve what you don't measure. And yeah. I think a lot of times with us in fitness, sometimes we can't, which depending on, I know we've talked about this a couple times on podcasts before, where depending on what phase you are in fitness, you just simply coming to the gym three times a week could be like a big jump start to, you know, just getting revved up in your fitness journey. But I think a lot of people here have been coming for multiple months, multiple years where maybe you've gotten a little complacent with how things are, which is not saying it's a wrong thing or a bad thing. You're comfortable comfortable with your current routine at where it is. Um, But then, you know, maybe come to like mirror you with a frustration that they're having with either, body composition or like their endurance in a workout or, you know, lack of skill in a, you know, they'll they'll be able to pull up or get stronger, whatever it may be. Right. And, but there is no game plan there. You just kind of are just free nilly, just kind of doing things kind of out of thin air, hoping that something's going to change. Yeah. Click and change. One day you're just going to come to the gym and it's just going to, the lights are going to flip on and you're just going to be ready. Yeah, like it's just there. And at the end of the day, like you can't improve what you don't measure. So let's say, for instance, that you're trying to improve your body composition, Mm -hmm. right? Which this is more of a common aspect for most people. We always kind of use this as an example. Well, if you never do in-body scans or you're never tracking your weight or you're never tracking your calories, you're never tracking your protein consumption, you're going to have a hard time. That changing that because they're not what is the measurable end result as what's going to be successful or not successful yeah. of, an, of a, an aspect for you right you're going to have to measure the progress as you go along right even if, like to say something like business related oh, so you can relate that to bills you can in, anything to, right like you could do save money you could relate that to so many things yeah i mean it's just and also there's a fine line of like tracking every aspect of your life i yeah. think there's there's like a fine line the, there and you have people who are a little bit more like that left brain, left brain, right brain thing where – was it is it left brain that's more analytical or is it right brain? Oh, you're asking the wrong person on that one. <laughs> Once that's like more of an artsy, okay. like live life freely kind of brain, right? Like that's usually more your artsy, musical kind of people. Okay. And you have more like – I think like right brain is more like analytical math, like engineers, things right, of that gotcha. nature, right? Like it's kind of like 
And you see that personality-wise as well. And obviously, if you're more prone to being more like, oh, just kind of live life freely and do like that, you're probably less prone to track information where somebody's like, like a Jacob Guillory where he's very analytical, he's numbers, down, tracking, he's tracking everything down. And I think, obviously, some people thrive better in that than others. But at the end of the day, you know, there is a lot of truth to just measuring some aspects of your fitness to, to improve upon, mm-hmm. right? Like, I. <clears throat> so for instance, even if it's just a, a more of a well-rounded, wholesome mindset that comes to fitness, right? Like, you have, like, no aspirations of... Like, okay, like I want to be, you know, generally fit. I want, like, I'm, like, I'm checking the box to come to the gym. Like, because I know I'm getting conditioning. I know I'm getting strength. I know I'm getting flexibility, whatever it may be. So I'm checking the boxes in those realms. But, you know, let's say maybe, let me backtrack for a second. Is you're looking for a wholesome way of living where you want to live a life that, you know, you're, you're living healthily. You have good cardiovascular rest insurance. You have general strength. Your nutrition is relatively taken care of. You're getting proper sleep, things of that nature. And I feel like a lot of people feel like, oh, I'll do a pretty good job with that. Well, you have to define that a little bit. I can't stand that term. Huh? I can't stand I do. That. I do. I think I do pretty good or pretty well. Pretty good or I do well or I Like do I good. eat well. And I'm like, I don't. Yeah. I think that's different for everybody. I eat well yeah. or I don't eat that much. <clears throat> and so you need to kind of define what that is. So meaning, you can improve what you don't measure. Let's say, like for instance, I think like one time like Sean, my, I'll give my brother-in-law some props for this. He didn't, I don't think he done it in a while, but he had a calendar in his garage by, by the door where every time he worked out, he'd draw an X on that calendar day, right? Okay. Where his goal was for the whole month, I think it was like four or five workouts each week was like his general goal, right? But he's tracking that information. Well, that way when he walks through the door and he doesn't work out, he doesn't get the satisfaction of crossing that X out, right? Yeah, like it, it's, it's a very simple, even like you have like a spreadsheet. It's accountability, right? Yeah, spreadsheet or, um, you know. I know some people like to look at the Chalk It app like yeah. with all the check marks. Yeah, exactly. Like some right? people like to have, like I think even Devin one time used mm-hmm. the, uh, like he was trying to get X amount of workouts in a month, right? Where set some like weekly boundaries and, like, and then track that information where, okay, your general goal is to work out four times in a week, mm-hmm. right? Like, and then you can analyze that data at the end of the month and say, obviously I've been consistent with that or I haven't been, it's pretty straightforward, right? I think a lot of people fall into the butt of like, oh, I'll work out pretty consistently. But then if you actually track the data and you're like, okay, well, two of the four weeks I did pretty well, but also two of the other four I did really shitty, I only worked out like twice that week or yeah. once that week. Well, in all actuality, you, instead of averaging four times a week, you're averaging like 2.5 workouts a, a week. Well, that's not enough, right? You know, okay, based off what my goals are, I'm not being consistent enough in the gym. And so you, you need to track and measure that data. So do you think that is from people having a big goal but not having a mini goal? Because that's kind of what it sounds like. Well, I think it's like it... Uh, I, think, I feel like that mini goal kind of helps you get to the big goal, right? Well, I think, yeah. I mean, I think even just in general, like, I think if you don't want... Uh, I think it depends. Like, I don't think you necessarily have to have, like, this big audacious goal of, like... I need to... Well, even if the um, goal is like, hey, I want to lose five pounds. Like, it doesn't have to be like this 50-pound... Well, even like I'm saying, like, if you don't even necessarily have any fitness aspiration goals at all, let's just say maybe it's something simple as like, I, you know, maybe body composition-wise, you're like, okay, I mean, I don't feel like I, 
for for you personally, like, okay, I don't feel like I look too bad. Like I could look better, but I'm like, for what I'm at, like I'm okay with okay. it, right? I'm I'm, right. I'm okay. Um, like conditioning wise, I feel like I'm okay. Strength wise, I feel like I'm okay. Um, I just more so like I just I just want to live a wholesome, healthy lifestyle. I have no aspirations of ever competing. I don't have any aspirations of any type of like performance based goals. And as long as I can maintain a healthy body weight and body composition for me, that's all. That's all I ultimately want at the end of the day. But still, at the end of the day, you're gonna have to. That with that goal in mind, there has to be some actual steps to maintain that. Mm-hmm. Being, okay, that could be working out five times a week, could be working out three times a week. It needs to be, I'm eating X amount of protein in a day. I'm eating X amount of fruit and vegetables in a day. I'm getting X amount of sleep. I'm getting X amount of water. But in, And you can say all those things that you want, like, okay, I'm going to do these certain things. But until you track that data of how consistent you're being with that, it's, it's real easy to start to snowball into like, an unhealthy range or a healthy range, depending on yeah. what you're doing. I think a lot of people feel like they, they quote unquote, are consistent, but well, they probably feel like they're consistent. Right? I, I feel like I'm consistent, yeah. but until you've actually tracked track that. track that data down and and actually, you know, and I'm not saying you gotta have 18 different items listed mm-hmm. on what you want to be consistent with, right? That's kind of paralysis by analysis. There's so many things that you're trying to keep track of that. It can feel like, okay, like this is too much. You just don't do anything at all. And I've been guilty of that, of trying to do too much of like, and because it's, and then it becomes, you have that day where, you know, life gets thrown your way and you're like, okay, well, I just can't, I can't stick to, you know, these couple other items. So that all the items get thrown off to the side. Where maybe you pick one to maybe max of three things fitness related that you're human tracking. It could just be a consistent of like, hey, for the month of July, I'm trying to get in four workouts every week for the month of July, right? And I would say, okay, once you get through the month of July and maybe you feel like, okay, that's a habit for me now, I can either A, continue to keep tracking that, which is probably good for a little bit longer. And then from there, I can also maybe layer another piece where, okay, now nutritionally wise, I'm going to make sure I get in, uh, you know, it could be something simple as like, I'm going to get in 30 to 40 grams per meal, it could be X amount of protein per day, day. as an example, right? Like if I say 150 pounds, I'm trying to get 150 grams of protein at least five days a week. And you track that data plus your workouts, mm-hmm. right? And like those are two humongous steps for somebody to really take. And then from there, you could be like, okay, now I'm trying to get in 600 grams of fruit and vegetables in a day. And you add that onto the list. Well, you're just layering it, right? And you're layering a little bit more time. And then after, let's say after like three months, you got three things listed. But after like, okay, so you've been consistent with the workout team for three months now. Okay, cool. Like, I feel like I've got that set down, like as a habit now. Like, I feel like I don't need really track that information. I'm not going to track that as much anymore. And I'll let something else in, and then you keep going forward again. Now, if you feel like all of a sudden now you get one day you kind of get thrown off track, okay, I didn't get a workout in. Let's say you're working on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and something happens on Tuesday. Well, you know you got to show up on Wednesday to get that fourth day. You know whatever it may be. But if you feel like all of a sudden now that's starting to fall off the wayside, then you got to throw it back into tracking your workout routine yeah. again. And just doing that repetitively over and over and over again, once it becomes like a quote unquote established habit, then like I said, you don't necessarily have to track that information maybe as much anymore. Um, maybe you kind of come back and recheck yourself every so often on one particular thing. But, uh, but I think so many people have fallen into that bad habit of um, feeling like they're doing what they should be doing 
but in all actuality, they're not doing it at enough of a rate to yeah. see the results that they want per se. Uh, like for instance, I'll use myself as an example for this. Like for instance, like I have horrible overhead flexion, right? Where for me, I can't, I could never really complain about like, I'd be like, oh, I'm kind of working on my shoulder mobility, but it wouldn't be consistent enough, right? I might do it two days in a row or I might even do it really well for a week or two weeks. But then, you know, some would fall off at the third week and I wouldn't, maybe do it like once that week. And then the next week I wouldn't do it at all. Or maybe like then the, four, the fifth week I'd be like three times that week. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't a consistent enough pattern to actually see a, a true result in, in shoulder flexion overhead, right? And so it has to be something done for like multiple months in a row to see like true progression with that, right? And... Uh, like I said, I, I mean, I don't know how much you can really go into this, this topic in yeah. detail, but that would be my suggestion that most of you guys need to maybe start doing a little bit where even it's just picking one thing that's like, what's the, what's the top of the pyramid or like, what's the base of the pyramid here where, you know, what's the, the biggest thing right now that I feel like I need to start keeping track of right now that I feel like it's going to have the biggest improvement on my health and wellness. Yeah. And, it, and it could be also performance-based if you want that to be performance-based where it doesn't have to be. Have to be. It's, it's really your call whatever that is. Um, but just picking one thing and like getting a calendar, getting a spreadsheet, printing something out, something visually you can see, I think makes a humongous difference compared to if you just kind of like think you're doing it enough, you're probably not, probably not. right? Like actually get something to check probably out. Like, yourself think that you're doing it like even this little thing, I need to start doing, I didn't actually start using it. Um, I've had it out. I just haven't actually, actually started using it. Um, there's this book called, uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he has this, uh, it's like a little, like me and you use like a lot of times where you have like this little, um, I won't call it like a journal, but me and you use just like a notepad to like write down daily notes and like yeah. task it when you do that day. But on the back of it, it has these little uh, like things that you can, like say you want to put in a habit and then each, each individual day, let's say I circle January, I can, it has one through 31 for each individual day and I can put a, a check mark for each individual day I put that habit in. Right, and so at the end of in the week, by the end of the year or in the month, I can put down the, the daily like total. The total. Oh, a total I did for huh. that month, right? So, and we always talk about that eighty nine percent rule. Yeah, that also like for instance, you can, apply that here. you can apply that here. Where let's say I'm trying to hit my workout regimen, <clears throat> or let's say let's, let's use food more as an example, where I'm trying to eat protein, you know, six out of seven days. Well, okay, so out of those six six days of you know, a 31 day period, whatever percentage that comes out to be, I gotta make sure I hit 89% of that, of that goal. So you say, okay, based off that goal, I gotta hit 26 days out of a month, you know, I have one day off each week where I don't have to get as much protein in and then I need to have that total by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. You know, so that way you're, you're conforming that consistency of that habit over and over and over again. Yeah. So I thought that was a really cool aspect of this book. So um, I think you can find it on Amazon. It's a little bit more pricey. I think it's probably like 40 bucks or so. Um, compared to like a little cheap notebook that's just got pen and paper that you can get for like five or 10 bucks, but it's got okay. those little aspects in there. But it didn't have to be that. Um, I think you just need something visually to see. Where I think like even like with Sean with the, the calendar in his garage was a great thing where he could like see visually those check marks like after each month and in each individual week. And that's probably when he was actually being the most consistent with his workout regimen was when he was using that calendar. Yeah, yeah I thought that was a really good option. Um, but yeah, I mean, to kind of sum it all up is just making sure that you're doing a little bit of visual reference. And I think if you're just trying to get in more consistently with your workouts, the Chocolate app does that, but you gotta log your workout you to actually, your you just can't show up, you actually gotta log it. Um, Which 
It doesn't take long, people. <laughs> no, you can just want to put a zero, zero, yeah, zero, zero. You can put zero. a zero and then just put everything in the notes if you really need to. So. Yeah, it's your call. Uh, and I think you can also set up the private as well. You, it, that. you don't yeah. have to set up the public, which I wonder if you, because I know Trey a lot of times sets his up private. I wonder if it still like says, okay, you've logged X amount of work. I assume it would. I'm sure it would. Yeah. yeah. Cause but, I mean, he still pops up on the, the monthly thing. Not trade duffel trade in Q7. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I don't know. Yeah. I wonder. I um, but anything you want to add to that, Kale? I don't know if there's any I much think, more I, I can really. Good. I mean, biggest thing is like just having something that you can visually see. Yeah. Right. Well, or, even like, let's or say, even like going yeah. back to, or I can like look back to see like yeah. how I'm doing that month or weekly or whatever you're trying to like. Well, let's say like, let's say you use yourself for an example of, you know, let's say you still got your, you got your elbow stuff going on, mm-hmm. right? Where you got like the golfer's elbow where you're like, okay, well for me, I need to at least do three days a week of elbow rehab for this okay. golfer's elbow and visually like marking it off like, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday or Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and put an X for every single one of those days yeah. right, that you've done. Like, okay, I got to hit three days a week for the whole month of, of July. Right. And you can visually see, okay, like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing or I'm not supposed to be, not doing. Supposed to be doing. Right. And then at the end of the month, you can kind of reevaluate. Okay. Am, was actually on top of my shit. Or yeah. Not? Am I being consistent with the game plan? Okay. Yes or no. If it's a yes, obviously. Okay. Based off that, but what I'm currently doing, am I seeing improvements or I feel like I'm kind of in the same boat after a month? Yeah. Okay, if you're saying boat of the month, okay, maybe either A, I need to change up some of the exercise versions that I'm doing, or maybe I need to add in some soft tissue work, or you need to change you need to change the game plan up slightly, right? But you or you can say, okay, I feel like I'm I'm making good progress. This needs to take a little bit longer. Then you go through the month of August. Or obviously option B is okay, I'm, well, I'm just not being consistent enough with the current regimen that I'm doing. I just gotta implement that better. Yeah. Right. And that's a lot of times with like when I work with nutrition people. That's self-feedback too though. Like that's something yeah. that you don't have to get somebody else to like show you. Like yeah, that's you, something that you can do on your own. Yeah. Like something you can see on your own. So. Well, even like with nutrition people that I work with where, you know, we'll meet bi-weekly. You know, if they come in after a two-week period and they haven't been on top of their shit where they're not eating calorically what they should be eating and the protein's not consistent. Well then, or even as I say, maybe a four-week period where they're not being, haven't been super consistent over that four-week period. Basically, what I'm like, the longer you're inconsistent, the longer this is going to take. Because I can't make any changes to the program and move in the direction that you want to go until you're consistent with what I'm currently giving you, right? And we'll talk about ways to maybe combat that and be more consistent. But we're ultimately, at the end of the day, not going to be able to move the needle in the direction we want to go because of the inconsistency of what you're doing. Because you don't know what to add or subtract, right? Yeah, like I I can't take away calories, I can't add in calories, or I can't manipulate what they're doing. When they're not being consistent with the workout regimen, or with their uh, consistent with their nutri- nutrition regimen, and it's the same thing that applies to anything, right? Like you wouldn't, I can't prescribe you a flexibility program and you do it fifty percent of the time, sure. and then you're like, okay, well, I, I, as a coach, I can't, I can't expect, I can't. I don't know if the program's working appropriately yeah. because you're not implementing it enough to know. If we, if you're consistent after you know a full week, six week, every period and we're not seeing the results that we want, okay, we need to change the game plan because the current game plan we're doing is not working. You know that for a fact because you haven't seen any progression over the six to eight weeks. But if, but if you're not, then obviously- You've you never know, known that, Yeah, right? you've never known. So, <coughs> so I know. But I don't know, hopefully you guys maybe got a little bit out of that. Uh, I think it's a very simplistic approach that can be a visual reference. So I think it can go really long ways that you guys might thinking about doing. Like I said, don't try to do like a thousand different things to keep track of at one time. Focus on just like one, two, or three things and then kind of implement those things down. Track it for a whole month. 
see how consistent that you're, you're been doing. And honestly, at that month, you can say, okay, I'm, I'm seeing a lot more improvement because of the consistency that I'm now tracking that information. And that might even encourage you to do this longer. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because I think we always talk about consistency, right? But sometimes how you, you need to track that consistency mm-hmm. is on top of that. Just like you would track, you know, if you're trying to run a marathon or even trying to improve your mile time where you just kind of never really tracked where your initial mile started, you would know how much you improved. Yeah. You're just kind of like, oh, I feel better. Well, that's a subjective standard. Yeah, you're probably going to feel better just because you felt easier. But... Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you don't have data to back it up saying you've seen improvement that you don't really know if you improve or not. And it's the same thing with your consistency. Like, are you improving your consistency or you're not improving your consistency? Yeah. And that's something you also need to track and measure uh, throughout, depending on what you're implementing. And then as you get consistent with it after so long, then that thing can kind of go to the wayside because that's already been established into your daily routine. Like that's a habit at that point, right? Yeah, like you don't track like, okay, how many days a week did I brush my teeth? Yeah. Like it's already, it's it's already an established right. habit that you don't have to track that information for. Maybe some of you guys might need to start I mean, tracking that information. But you wouldn't say, okay, brush teeth today and let me track how consistently I'm brushing my teeth. Yeah. It's already been implemented into the system. We're like, let me track how many days I've gone to work this week. You're probably going to work five days a week. You know, it's it's the same consistent thing over and over again. Like, and the goal is to make it to be that part. Yeah. Right? Like for me, like working out wouldn't be something like I would need to track because I'm I'm getting in a minimum of five days a week every single week, mm-hmm. unless I'm going like either get sick or on vacation or something like that, right? But for something for me, it might be like, hey, I need to I want to improve like my handstand push-up work. Like I need to make sure I get at least three days a week of like working on handstand push-ups, or Example, whatever it may be, right? That would have something I need to put on top of what I'm currently doing. I wouldn't need to track my actual workouts themselves. Does that makes sense? I think so. And so, um, so hopefully you guys got a little bit of, uh, probably only half this topic is really about this. The other half is just kind of Mostly bullshit. CrossFit games and then you got habits. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, but if you guys got any questions or anything like that, just let us know. And then I guess maybe next week's topic will be the, I think that would be a fun one. The endurance topic, yeah. I guess. So we'll probably have more listens for that well, one. That would sure. be a long one. So that's what she said. All right, guys. Later. (laughs) See y'all.